0: This week's guest podcast of the week is another of our very popular interviews with Scottish authors. This week, James E. is chatting to author Colin Burnett about his new book, Working Class State of Mind. It's available in paperback and ebook, and it's been described as train spotting meets still game. That sounds interesting. Let's find out more.
1: So, good morning to you, sir. Uh, good morning to you, James. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, accepting the, the invitation. What a book. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I didn't really know what to expect, other than the fact that it was going to be written, you know, um, in, if you like, a native tongue. So I, I wasn't really sure. The title didn't really give, you know, a great deal away. Um, no, it doesn't end to be fair terms, not, does it? In I? terms of sort of content. Um, yeah. So it, it was one of those ones where I just had to actually read the book to, to get an idea of it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the first thing I wanted to, to ask about was, is it based on not necessarily things that have happened to you as an individual, yeah. but, you know, sort of from events that, you know, you maybe have eh, witnessed? No, uh, no, nah, 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 to be honest, no. Um, it's just more what I came
0: up with. Um, I mean, don't I mean, I kind I, I of, because a lot of people say it themselves when they've read the book, like, kind of, if you take, like, um, Aldo, for example. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of people say, like, you do find these sort of characters in working-class communities. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I've known, like, a couple of Aldos, to be honest, like, all my time, but, um, no, nah, it's, it's nothing really a witness. It's just more, like, um, like, the stories, like, I, I'll pick, like, a different part of this working-class culture and focus on. So, like, uh-huh. for, like, example, like, the gambling. I mean, I like to bet, but I don't, I'm not, like a, I'm not a gambling fan, but I like to bet, so... I, liked, I wanted to do one uh, on that, and I had mm-hmm. um, experiences of the welfare system. So, mm-hmm. I wanted to do one on that. So, it's just really a different facet to working class culture that I focused on. Um, yeah, then, but I mean, digger me wrong. Some of it is influenced by, like right, you said, some of it is influenced by my um, own experiences and mm-hmm. people that I've sort of came across.
1: But yeah, because I mean, obviously, um, most writers, generally speaking, um, will say, you know, well, I write about what I know. Yeah. Um. You know, because it's probably, in fact, it is easier, um, if you do that. You know, than yeah. sort of try and create something. You know, out of nothing, as it were. Yeah. Um. But the, 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 I mean, the themes running through the entire book, um, are definitely working class themes. Yeah. You know, yeah, and the the trials and tribulations are definitely yeah. you know working class trials and tribulations. Yeah. And um, as you said, you know, that the character of Aldo, um, probably everybody from a sort of working class background, or from working class areas, whether it be Glasgow, Edinburgh, whatever, um, yeah. will recognise that character, um, you know, because they will either know somebody like that or they will know of someone like that. Yeah. And what really brought it home to me was um, when I was reading about where he gets the the abandoned pup, Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
1: and how that kind of softens him to a certain yeah. extent, you know, and it made me think of somebody I know who uh, very much was like that—not quite as extreme uh, as Aldo, but had that kind of tough outer exterior yeah. that you know nothing could chip away at um and actually it wasn't a puppy dog it was when his first child was born it oh, was like no. a complete song. <laughs> this person, hi, hi, hi. You know? yeah yeah definitely definitely but i mean obviously there are lots of things um wrong for working class people and, yeah and you do you know i mean obviously you do talk about you know the, there's the bit in it where the, the guy's standing up at the Latre event and he starts reading his thing about boris johnston You know, um, and that is going to ring true with a lot of people, not just people in Scotland, probably maybe more so with people in Scotland based on how, you know, the rest of the UK tend to vote um, recently. But I mean, there are going to be people in Wales and in England and parts that will probably agree, you know, 100% with what i said about boris johnson
0: <laughs> right exactly because we, we, we've all kind of experienced these um, decisions kind of like what, mm-hmm. all really affects him, what he's affects Well, whether you're english scottish or Welsh i kind of yeah. mean like i mean obviously that the political landscape seems to be better in the sense that um the, the downside the, the working class team have sort of been blinded by boris johnson and his yeah. idea like the vote for him but like you said i think it That's the feedback I've had on social media that seems to resonate with people, not just in Scotland, but obviously outside the other parts of the UK. So, like you said, that definitely seems to come across for a lot of her and readers.
1: Yeah, because I think also um, if if you're, and I hate using these tags, but if you're working class, it doesn't matter where you are in England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, whatever it might be, um, you're going to be able to sort of line up with some of the themes and ideas of what happens within the book. Um, so in that sense, it will have a universal appeal.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I've always thought. I've always thought the working class experience is a universal one, because yeah, we may, like speak differently or whatever, kind of, like have slightly different experiences, but it, typically it's the same because we've all experienced hardship. Mm. We've all kind of, like, had decisions like taken out of our hands, made by politicians, and it's had a ripple effect through our communities. So I think, like you said, kind of find, I think the working class experience is a Universal one, because when I started writing the book, even though it was written in Scots and obviously it's set in Scotland, I wanted it to hopefully engage with not just the working class in Scotland or Britain, like outside mm-hmm. of, kind of, if I can get to that sort of level of yeah. readers outside of um, the UK. So um, I think you're right. I think the working class experience is a universal one and people hopefully will be able to resonate. It doesn't matter where they are, if it's America or Australia or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Familiarity
1: to it, and have you had any sort of negative feedback, um, specifically in relation to how it's written and the language that we've used? Well, yeah, I've, I've mostly, it has,
0: to be fair, mostly it has been positive, but I have had um, a negative feedback about the about writing in Scots. Mostly, if I'm honest, mm. um, people seem like, even not just people like, outside of Scotland, even people in Scotland can seem to sort of look their nose down. No, not everybody, obviously, but some
1: people yeah.
0: look their nose down at the use of the language. Because mm-hmm. they will like slang or like, or it's just like a poor relation to English. Yeah. But to me, yeah. like if you look at, like I've always said the example. If you look at Robert Burns, um, I mean he took his local language and made it global, and obviously yeah. still celebrated day. So that mm-hmm. to me, he showed like the power of the Scots language that it could connect the audiences not just uh, at home but abroad as well.
1: Yeah, and I mean since 2014 and the first uh, independence referendum. Yeah. There seems to have been a real upsurge, not so much in Gaelic, because that was kind of like always there to a certain extent, yeah. but in the Scots language itself. Um, I know that personally I've read quite a lot of uh, books that are written that way now, and yeah. there's a lot of musicians uh, that I find through doing my music shows are now yeah. recording in their native tongue.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, there is definitely a resurgence to the Scots language, I think, kind of, like I've said, um, not just in writing, but in other mediums like uh, music and stuff like that. So mm. I do see an upturn in the language, but there's still that idea, I think, with some people that it's just not like a language and it should just be deemed like in it. And it's, again, it's, it's, it's crazy, because even people like, like I know, I'll not read my stuff because I write in Scots,
1: Yeah. which
0: I find almost yeah. quite odd because I'm writing like how they speak. And, mm-hmm. But they find that like, they, they don't count that as a language, so it's like they're
1: sort of putting themselves out of culture or kind of it's um, it's sort of yeah. it's like self hatred, sort of that way, kind of like in the mm-hmm. cultural sense, kind of, yeah. Uh, I think as well, it's because to a certain extent, um, certainly when I was at school, which was quite a long time yeah. ago, um, you weren't allowed to, to speak, you know, the way that you would normally speak. You know, yeah. if you say die or no, you got the belt you know, that Ah, kind of thing. And if you wrote it down, you know, as as part of an an essay or something like that, you Mm -hmm. would invariably be punished for it as well um, because it had to be, you know, taken out of you. Um, And, you know, I I spent a lot of time uh, down south um, and uh, (laughs) quite strangely, especially in London, a lot of people used to say to me, what part of Ireland are you from? And I'm like, I'm not from Ireland, I'm Scottish, you know, for some reason, that. sometimes they, you know, picked that up being an Irish way of speaking, you know. Yeah, uh, have yeah, you yeah. found that? Um, I'm
0: not, I'm, to be honest, i have not ever to like, like, you part of Ireland, but I mean, like, people will say to me, like, like if I'm on Twitter and that, they're like, um, "Like, what's, Kim, what's that language you're speaking, you're writing, and, 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 and I'll say it's Scots, and they're like, there was like, uh, there was a woman in uh, for Canada, and she said to like, i never actually knew there was a Scottish language until I came up with she yeah. And I was like, yeah. "And there's a quite a um, strong influence to Scots mm. in Canada, so you, you, I found, I found that quite odd, friendly, but mm. quite fascinating at the same time." Yeah. And one thing, one thing I found is like people outside of the UK, like for the most part, they see Scot- Scottish Scots as a language when you write it, but but mm. in the UK, it's sort of seen as like, like a poor relation to English. Yeah. So I think. They've not had that influence, but they've obviously had kind of like in Britain the wider Britain um, Scots is looked down upon mostly. So I mm-hmm. think outside of the UK it's not really had that negative sort of connotations to it.
1: Yeah. I and think as that, well, um it, to a certain extent, um we we have like English as a language yeah. in Scotland. There's Gaelic. Um yeah. there is what is often referred to as Highland Scots. Or Lowland Scots, and they're seen, yeah. you know, as being different. And then, of course, yeah. you've got the Doric language from ah, the yeah, north east yeah, up yeah, and yeah. around Aberdeenshire. Yeah. But even like east to west, there are subtle differences. You know, like obviously you see things like "ken," ah, you know, I, I, whereas no. here in, in the west and, and in Glasgow, that's not really an expression that gets used. I do use it yeah. sometimes. Um, yeah, because yeah. my ex-wife was uh, from Fife, um, oh. you know, so they kind of use that there. Not going kind to of loved there, ah. sort of pick bits and bobs. Ah, up, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'd, I, I would be quite shocked if somebody um, said to me that they didn't understand someone from Edinburgh because they were using slightly different words.
0: You yeah, know, basically. because
1: it's essentially the same language. Oh, ah yeah,
0: yeah, I mean it's like any language in the world. I mean there's all different dialects. Kind
1: of
0: like yeah, kind of, even like, like you used to take English. Kind of you go to like London, they'll speak different to people. Like they use different phrases or words than mm-hmm. people in Liverpool or kind of, like vice versa. So kind of, it's just that's that's just language. But it's a variety. But like you said, kind of, like um people from like um Edinburgh or Glasgow, kind of like. The are similar, but there are subtle differences. But yeah. like you said that I, I
1: can understand, like in, mm. in, as we speak, speaking, I can understand what they're like, saying. Yeah. I know the words. The yeah, um, I mean, when I was reading the book, um that was kind of a thought that came to me that perhaps some people from the West might struggle a little bit with it because yeah. of the subtle differences, but. Yeah. It wasn't an issue for me because, again, I've spent a lot of time over in the east coast, and I know people from Edinburgh, you know, and I'm used to them speaking, you know, like that. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But it was quite refreshing um, to see it written down because ah, the other the other sort of books in the Scots language that I have uh, read haven't really been that. Area specific, if you know what I mean, they've been more yeah, general yeah. in terms of you know the sort of lowland Scots dialect, if you like. Yeah, yeah. um, so it was really refreshing, um, ah, to, to see it went down, you know. Aye, aye. When I'm reading it, you know, I'm immediately thinking of friends who are over in the east side of the country, you know, and I can see them in my mind yeah. speaking, you know, the words that I'm reading, aye, aye. you know. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Which again makes it, you know, quite um, a personal thing. You know, that's how yeah. I took it anyway. I mean, obviously some people can ah, not take it that way. Um, but I think anybody, uh, certainly any Scot, I would think would probably take it that way. You know, it would be quite personal yeah. to them, even though it was a little bit different from what they ah, were yeah, used just, to, ah, You know? Ah, definitely but definitely I really liked the fact that it was quite, Interesting how you move, you know, the various strands, um, ah, like, just, you know, the sort of unemployed aspect, you know, being on yeah. benefits, um, the uh, the aspect of, uh, you know, having like a gambling addiction, um, yeah. the, the sort of use of drugs, the use of drink, all these are kind of things that, generally speaking, a lot of people would be like, oh, no, that's far too negative. I ah, yeah. don't want to have that. But right. in actual fact, it's real life.
0: Ah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because you want to portray it authentically. Like, I, I want to kind of, like, when I read the working class um, experiences, I want it to come across. So when pe- working class people read it, then they'll think, well, can, I can resonate with that. Even yeah. if, like, they've not got specific um, experiences in, like, this gambling or whatever. But, like you said before, like, people, they'll know someone or they would have heard something, kind of like, so... I think for uh, saying like working class people effectively is really important to me in the experience. Because a lot like, of working class people can be faced with a lot of hardship and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it, can, there's positive aspects to working class culture. There's always negative. But for the most part, the like, welfare system, most working class people wouldn't have a positive experience of that. Because yeah. can, the way people are treated can, when they're going mm-hmm. to... Uh, Claim
1: their benefits or stuff like yeah. that. because I've had experience of that myself. Kind of like the way they are treated at the, the job centre and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I I know. Well, they're actually tired <laughs> now, but I knew somebody who did work uh, for the Department of Work and Pensions, yeah. and I always I always remember them telling me, you know, about just how difficult it was even for them, because obviously they're the point of contact, and if something yeah. goes wrong, they're the person that gets both barrels. Even yeah, though, you know even though the decision. but it is such an emotionally charged situation you know definitely. um especially for people who have families um yeah. because definitely. i i've never really i've never been in that position so I, I can't speak from personal experience but i can imagine that looking at it from my own perspective if i had a young family, and I find myself at work, and having to go to the state for support and help, yeah. I could see how that would find that to be really, really frustrating. And I can definitely. see how I might get angry about it and how it could have a real negative impact, you know, not just on that part of my life, but probably the rest of my life. Um, exactly. You know, as long as I was caught up in that web, if you like. Yeah, no, that,
0: that's definitely true, James, because like mm-hmm. I said, I've had experiences of the benef- uh, the welfare system myself and to be honest it's never really been anything positive it's always been quite negative because like the the, the idea that like people like working fast people just go to the, the job center and then they get given all this like money and kind the of mm-hmm. benefits it's so easy it's not again it's, it's there's a lot of hardship involved and then the way people are treated as well can kind of, at the job center or by the dwp and it is yeah. quite it is really appalling so um i think saying that like Authentically, and showing that, like, the sort of harsher side that like, the way people are treated that, that was important to me because, like I mm-hmm. said, I, I did have the experience of that myself,
1: and I know people obviously who have had experiences of that. Yeah, what I was quite surprised at when I was reading the book because I thought it had been written quite a while back. You know, yeah. I, I'm talking about the fact that you're talking about the COVID situation within yeah. the book and i don't know why but in my mind's eye before i started to read the book i had this impression that it was maybe pre-2019 um but I, well,
0: well, I, I started writing my stories probably about then to be honest so it's probably right. probably in the making like not not all of them obviously like mm-hmm. the the first one i ever written was um a working class state of mind the first one that was the first one i'd written all
1: oh, right right
0: Right. Uh, yeah, so it's just over like the last couple of years right, of because mm-hmm. um, I've been posting stories on Twitter before
1: so mm. um so I can see why you would think that yeah but no it was good that it was oh, you true. know referencing the if you like the current situation you yeah. know I'm talking about being in lockdown and, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, again also, it, yeah. again it gives people something to relate to yeah, know, yeah, based on true. you know the current situation. Yeah, yeah. Um so but the, when you when you started out to write the book, yeah. did you have a definitive idea of how it was going to go along, or did you just kind of have maybe one or two chapters in your mind, and then it developed as you know you wrote those chapters?
0: Yeah, I would say that was uh, I had one a couple of chapters in mind, and then it started to develop because like when like, I like started introducing like Aldo to mm-hmm. the the stories. Um, originally i I wasn't planning him to be the sort of focal character yeah he wasn't and then but then people seemed to really take him, so Mm. i really started developing him more um but originally he wasn't really going to be the the main focus but it was just that people took him yeah
1: Um,
0: and like i always set out to write like different facets of working class culture so i always had an idea that i would do one like the welfare system the gambling Mm. addiction um and like cover like drugs and stuff like that because like I said, it was always important to me to uh, portray working class um, culture authentically. So I wanted to cover each facet. And like um, like even like football, can there's a story they go they come to like the town that I live in. Honoring. Yeah. Um. And I, I see football as well for me anyway. Football is a part of my culture, family, and working class culture. Yeah. So, uh, but I so I sort of just developed along. To be honest, I never really. I had a couple of ideas. the start and then it just sort of uh, went along that way and started some more about alcohol
1: and stuff like that yeah yeah no i I think you're right you know that football is certainly within working class environments it's kind of like the be-all and end-all it's a bit like boxing in a way that you know it's how somebody from that kind of side of the tracks if you like can move forward and can get better you know in their life you know um but at the same token there are, for every one person that makes it, you know, out of that situation through yeah. sport and prowess or whatever, yeah. there are probably a hundred or more who can't get there. I they might haven't. be they might be more talented or just as talented, but there it's is like always different... something that kind of knocks them back, you know. Yeah,
0: because it's like yeah, the, the first of the working class that it made, us. Touch on that because it's like he's talking about he was a promising football player. And then he became more sort of bothered about what his pals were doing at the weekend, and he yeah. got involved, drugs and drink. And then his kind, his potential sort of just got drained away with that. So that's like what you said, kind of like you all get the old person who will make it, but like you said, there'll be like a hundred people who'll kind of like go a different route and mm. not fulfill not the potential. And I think that's like true. And if you look at like America, kind of like the scholarships and that, even America, okay, that, that's a lot of working class people will get out yeah. of. Um, uh, poverty, and um, like mm. not just America, but everything. Like yeah. countries, and I think
1: yeah. it's been like, yeah, because yeah. uh, I've always felt that the the kind of two routes to me where you get out of that sort of again working class, although I don't like using that term. The two ways that you get out of that one is through sport of some sort, yes yeah, yeah, and definitely. the other is ironically enough through education. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely, you which is sometimes seen by working class people as being a snare. Yeah, you know, that, um, that, that's true, yeah, definitely. You know, because there are so many clever people that, for whatever reason, fall through the gaps in the education system yeah. as well. Yeah, that, that's really true. They go down, you know, certain routes. You know, maybe yeah, yeah, and exactly. or drink or whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, um, you. If I get this wrong, I do apologise. No, you studied sociology wasn't it yeah yeah
0: that's right james yeah sociology yeah that's
1: right right um because that makes an appearance in the book as well yeah yeah
0: that's right
1: so when you were studying sociology i don't in all honesty i don't know a great deal about it i've got a fairly good idea of it but do you think that it's a great way to study the psyche if you like of people Regardless of whether they're in working class, higher class,
0: middle class. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, like, I did an article once um, for St. Andrew's Uni, and it was about like my experiences um, studying sociology. And one thing I, I said is, uh, uh, social, social sciences are a weapon of class war, and by by that I mean because uh, what sociology uh, did for me was it uh, got me questioning the world around me. And mm-hmm. I think the only the only way you can uh, um, confront oppression is by realizing it's there. And I think a lot of working class people, because we've got that much going on, we're sort of passive spectators and we just go along with it. But I think when you study sociology um, or anything in the social sciences, it opens your eyes, and when once you can see oppression, that's when you can challenge it. And that's what sociology done uh, did for me, Mm -hmm. because like even with my book, one of the main reasons I've written the book was to engage um, the wider working class with sociology, but in a format that's more enjoyable than a textbook. So like through fiction. Mm. So I think, yeah, I think uh, studying people for sociology is really important. I think it's a, to be honest, I think it should be uh, compulsory in all working class communities and in education.
1: Because I really
0: think that's, because it really opened my eyes, if I'm being honest. Um,
1: Yeah. I I like to think of myself as being a great people watcher, you Um, you know, if I'm in a, a pub or a restaurant or wherever, you know, even at a football match, I do have a tendency to look at the people round about me and take note mentally of, you know, what their reactions are like to certain things that happen to them. And while there's a kind of common thread in the way that people react under certain circumstances, there is always that one or two that react the complete opposite way from what you expect. Yeah. And I I like to think, I I might be wrong thinking this, but I like to think that I'm probably in that small percentage that don't really react the way that people expect you to react. Um, You know, because most working class people are seen as being very quick to react violently, whether that's physically or verbally. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, Which, to a certain extent, is maybe true. Um, Yeah. But... I don't see myself as being like that. You know, I, I kind of take a step back,
0: yeah, you know, yeah. and
1: try and evaluate. I evaluate you well. know. And I kind of, when I was reading the book, I kind of got that impression for yourself. Um, And although the people, the characters that you're writing about, specifically Aldo, um, quite a violent sort of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're, you're from a very be. early age because I loved the yeah. bit when you when you go back to, you know, when you're going to oh, the, your school. The, the school, you know, when he comes ah, into, yeah, the, into your life, as it were. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just made me laugh. That's good to hear,
0: because I want people to enjoy it and laugh.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, I remember kids when I, not so much in primary school, but when I went to the high school, I, I remember kids, you know, because obviously the high school, you're coming from quite a few different, primary.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um so there's was quite different people there. And yeah. I always remember there was one group of kids, I can I'll never forget this, who seemed to gravitate together. Um if we want for want of a better expression, the Mad Squad. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then th- there was a there was another group of kids again who kind of came together quite naturally and they would be a bit like the sheep you know, yeah, they would yeah. be the kind of quiet ones, the the introverted ones. Yes. and straight away from day one, you know, the mad squad are always going to pick on the sheep. Yeah, you know? yeah. That, that, and, yeah that, that's true. Yeah. You know, and and I and a few friends, we were kind of like in the middle. Yeah, you know, the middle sort of thing. I yeah. was know, the same. And <laughs> when I was reading, you know, when Aldo comes into the school, it, it, that <laughs> just that whole picture of my going to high school just flooded my head ah, sure so. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I, I thought to myself do you know what it wasn't unique for me then you know at the time I thought it was quite unique for me yeah, but, yeah. you know looking back at it through the eyes of your story um I realized that it, it's not a unique situation at all you know <laughs> well, yeah,
0: yeah. well that's like what we said earlier about the working class experience being like a universal one, yeah. like, sort of, like a stage of I remember there was like uh, there was a woman in uh, Missouri, I think it was, and she messaged me about that story actually, and she said mm-hmm. that she was like it really reminded me when I was at school and that's when she lives in the Missouri. Yeah. So, Ken, it's like um, so uh, it's
1: like
0: I, like I said before, I think the working fantastic experience is a universal one. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm
0: glad to enjoyed that story because I enjoyed writing that one. I like writing that <laughs> thing. I was,
1: like, people, the, the, the other, the, the other was, thing that was a wee bit of a surprise was his ethnicity. Ah, yeah. some people have said that, but you know, um it not that the I mean, let's be honest, you know, people from Asian background, African background, whatever, it's yeah. uniform now, you know, the, the, the world over. Um yeah. but you don't certainly in my mind's eye, I never really came across Asian kids of my generation in the okay. same school as me um never came across black kids in the same school as yeah. me um at that time the only one that came anywhere close to that was a, a guy who was a uh, and his sister who were at school at the same time as me um mm-hmm. the parents were italian extraction or greek extraction oh. one, one or the other yeah, so yeah. they had that kind of classic all of Skin, yeah, yeah, you know, marked them out right. as being different from yeah. from the rest of us white pasty-faced kids, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that was really the only time I'd come across that. Um, so when Aldo, you know, was described as was um, and being a bit of a madman, yeah. I just initially I couldn't get my head round that. Yeah, you know,
0: people, because, people have said that same, it's like, made that similar
1: comment to me. Yeah, Kim, kind of like that they were quite surprised with his ethnicity and stuff like that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, as you get older and you know, the sort of social situations change. Um, as I said, when I was growing up, we didn't have kids that played with us that weren't white Scottish. Yeah. Um, I can't even think if we ever had any kids who came and lived in the area where we were who came from England and said right, yeah. parents had moved to Scotland, you know, we were all very much Glaswegians. Yeah, we're cool. um, You know, and it wasn't until I sort of left school and went out into the big wide world, as it were, that I started to encounter people who were different from me in that respect, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I i mean, one thing that always sticks in my mind is the first time I went to America and I came across the, the black, white, tension i was really i was really shocked yeah by it because i didn't when the incident happened i didn't see it being white people and black people i just seen it as being people yeah exactly yeah exactly you know Um, yeah, yeah and it, it, it kind of carried on, you know. I, I travelled a lot to lots of different places and things like that, and I began to see all these kind of tensions, but not from the perspective of it being a class tension or being a racial tension. I just seen it as being a people tension. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. I'm the
0: same. I, I, I'm, I've never like can, I I've never like judge anyone by the skin and the color. Like, unless mm. like, I come into every, I just judge people people. Kind of
1: you're good to me, I'm good to you okay. This yeah. we'll it's just uh, which which I think is one of the one of the better traits of Scottish people. Yeah. In in general, we're quite uh, good uh, you know giving people the opportunity. The only the only time we really kind of fall down is when we start to talk about football or religion. Yeah, yeah. You I know, do. that then throws up those very clear Demarcation yeah, right. lines, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it it would be great to be able to say, oh, do you know what? That only happens through In Glasgow because of Celtic and Rangers, but it's there in Edinburgh at Hearts. So ah,
0: exactly. Yeah, we're like, like, yeah, we like, but <laughs> I live kind of like outside side Edinburgh. So uh, there's that kind of like between Celtic and Rangers fans, like, especially yeah. when I've been. I, uh, I just, it's kind of like religion and stuff like that. I've never seen like any they fighting over it again. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously
1: just
0: just been done it again, but it's uh, yeah, but like yeah. you said, it's not just a Glasgow issue; it's it's also
1: Scotland yeah. this again. it's definitely a yeah. Oh. And again, it comes through really well in the book. Um, something that kind of gels us all together, regardless of all of those various uh, segments, is the general hatred of the Tories. Um, But not just Tories, to a certain extent, also the way way that Westminster governs. Yeah, definitely. You know, Um, because I mean, even before, you know, the the carry-on with Boris Johnson lately and his pals, you know, and... Yeah, giving away contracts to their mates and all uh-huh. the rest of it, costing them billions of pounds yeah. during a, a, a global a pandemic. pandemic. I mean, even you know, you go back to even the likes of Margaret Thatcher, you know, who introduced the poll tax, yeah, and, you know, all these kind of things. Um, and even you know, the, the great um hero of conservatism, Winston Churchill, yeah, you know, who was not a particularly nice person. <laughs> yeah, exactly, that is true, that's true. <laughs> but even in, in, in your book, even though it's a modern story, um, yeah. it's very well, for me it was very easy to read between the lines and see, you know, all of those threads stretching backwards. Yeah, um, I just... You know, um, and that in many ways is what made the book really enjoyable for me. Because ah, when I, whenever I read, regardless of the type of book that I read, because I read lots of different
0: yeah. things. Different you know, genres.
1: I, I, I mean, I read biographies, autobiography, sports books, you know, novels. Yeah. Um. Recently, I've been getting into the the, the fantasy genre and stuff like ah, that. Sure, sure. Um So, but I always like to, when I'm reading the books, I always like at least one part of it to make me sort of sit up and take notice.
0: Yeah, you know? and yeah,
1: yeah, as far as it catch, catches your eye. You know, yeah, and as I said, w- with your book, you know, th- that really did grab me. Um, ah, sure. I, say, I don't know if it's because, again, you know, working class thing, I don't know if that's part of it or not, because um, I don't consider myself to be of any class. I
0: well, know that,
1: I know that if you were going to pin me down then it would have to be working class yeah, my, yeah. my parents and my grandparents and all that you know yeah. worked, you know that none of them were like wealthy business owners or anything yeah, like yeah. um but every generation has t- attempted to move a stage forward if you like yeah no, no, you no, no, that's true um and I, I like to think that uh, putting my uh scottish independence hat on um that's the reason I want independence for Scotland. It's not for me, you know, because I'm at a stage in my life when, in theory, it's winding down. Um right. But yeah. I'm thinking in terms of my nieces, nephews, great nieces, yeah, great nephews. You know, the future generations. Yeah. yeah. I don't want them to have to go through what I've gone through growing up, and what my their parents fun. went through, you know, and their parents. Yeah. Um, and again, I, Get that feeling quite strongly from the book. Ah, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's definitely. Like,
0: yeah, I'm glad you, you said that because that's yeah. definitely one of the things I was trying to reflect through the book. because even yeah.
1: like,
0: like, like, I, have even since I was a bear, i have always hated Tories for some, like, I grew up hating them because my mum, dad, and like my granddaughter and that never, never like back to the Tories. And uh, like, it's like Aldo dumps his girlfriend because he finds out she's a Tory. And, like, <laughs> and, <laughs> 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 I know
1: that that did make me laugh. I didn't <laughs> make me laugh but you know is that kind of thing is that really a reason to dump your girlfriend or your ah, boyfriend yeah. or whatever the case may yeah, be yeah, yeah, but then if you then put yourself into Aldo's skin if you like yeah. and how he is and the way that he has come across <laughs> through the book then yeah
0: you, yeah, you can I, I, very correct. very
1: much see why that is a very important thing yeah. you know yeah um, <laughs> Well, it's just it, the, when I when I was reading the book, um, as I said, I actually read it very quickly um, from huh. when we first contacted. Ah, yeah, yeah um, And I and I and I got the book, I downloaded the book to my Kindle. Um, I actually read it very very quickly, um, which did kind of surprise me a wee bit, because I've had to read other books for this series that I do yeah. a podcast. And some of them have taken a wee bit longer to read. Um, But that's because of what I do over and above, you know, reading books to do these podcasts. Um, But that workload, if you like, outside of that, hasn't increased any or decreased any. It's remained the same. And I can only put it down to being the fact that when I picked up the book and started reading it, it became very hard to put it down. Ah, sure same. That's great. Yeah, thanks. You know, and for me, the 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 mark of a great book for myself is that I can pick it up and I don't want to put it down. You know, Um, I come come to the end of a page or I come to the end of a chapter, and I know that I should really stop to go and do something else, but I want to keep going. And if I do stop to go and do something else, as soon as I'm having a break, I'm back to the book and I'm yeah. picking it up again, you know? Yeah,
0: um, yeah. And, and to, me, to,
1: everyone, yeah, to me, that's the mark of a great book. Any any of the great books that I've read, read by whoever they've been written, and I've read lots of stuff, Um, they have always been books that I've never wanted to put down. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I um, thank you for your ex James. I appreciate that. <laughs> I really appreciate you
1: enjoyed it. <laughs> no, because, I mean, see, my love of books started um, when I was at school. Um, right. and i you know and i started to learn to read yeah um and i do dabble a wee bit in, in writing um Myself. Right. i've been working on a, a book now for, about, for God, about four years i think right. uh, and <laughs> i don't even think there's about two chapters worth in it yeah <laughs> Because I keep getting pulled away, you know, to do to do other things. Ah, yeah, yeah, distracted. <laughs> and then when when the pandemic hit, I thought, oh yeah, this is going to be a great chance for me to, yeah, have a good, you know, yeah. to really go at it. Yes. But then I started getting the stuff together to to broadcast for indie live radio from home. Um, so then that became really really important. Yeah, and then yeah. instead of just doing the one show a day, a week that I was doing i started to do a show on a thursday night and then yep. i did a, a a podcast um with uh, an author called ethel smith oh, I written, I, yeah 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 I, yeah, I, I, that, yeah that's right i
0: don't know
1: well but i, I know you're about uh, it, yeah. but, well I, I sort of started to read her books and this is how the whole my I, podcast thing kicked I off you know? I, 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 and she wrote she writes in scots um, ah yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I must admit, about four or five pages into the first book, I was starting to question whether or not I was going to be able to continue. Because yeah. although I knew it was the way that we were speaking, yeah. seeing it written down was hard, yeah, yeah. was hard for me. You know, yeah. so I had to really drill down on it. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I did, you know, because ah, yeah, it <laughs> We, we, we've done uh, three books. It's a series of six, I think it is, and we've done four. Sorry, oh, cool, cool. and there's two to come. One of them has been held up because of the cold situation, yeah. and the other one's kind of like being finalised, you know, and finished right, cool. off and polished up and all that kind of stuff. So I'm desperate so, <laughs> to get back to them again. yeah, um, and then I, I did a, a with a, a guy called Frank McGrath, um, who oh. presents a show on uh Anderland Radio, but he was also a Butland's red coat oh, for right. many so, years and he wrote three books based on his time as a Redcoat. I, so, yeah. And again, it was very much a case so of when I finished the first book, I was like, All right, let's get the second right? you know, book. Yeah. You know? So now that I've read this book from yourself, I'm going to have to go back to the first one, <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> and pick that one up as well. <laughs> um, so you never know, I might, I might be requesting you to, to do a beast stint with me, and we'll talk about your first book as well. <laughs> Uh, Oh, oh, sorry, this is
0: my first book. Oh, right, sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. That's Uh, my debut
1: book. Uh, Oh, right, sorry. I thought you you had already written something before that. Oh, no, no, that's my first one. Oh, well, we'll have to wait till you write your second book then. Ah, yeah, there'll be a second one. There'll be a second (laughs) one. And will the second one then be a follow on from this one, or will it be a different thing?
0: Well, uh, uh, I'll be a follow on. I'll just be about like Aldo and that. that. That's why I want to ah. be, I like, focus on the characters on them. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 there's still quite a lot of stories I'd like to tell about the characters, and Aldo Craig, and even like the dog Bruce kind of people.
1: Yeah,
0: but yeah. I'd like to focus on them because, especially Aldo, because he seems really popular with people that I come across my work. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, like I never said for him to be the sort of focal point of the book, but it just became that because everyone seemed to really uh, take him. So
1: the next book I do will be like focused on them primarily, and it'll be yeah, yeah. Because when it wasn't really a switch in that sense, but when Aldo really became the, the main focal point within the book, it was quite a switch, you know, because it was a yeah. bit general to begin with. Yeah, ah, um, yeah. And then suddenly, because I found that myself when I was reading it, it was all about Aldo, but I was still thinking of. You know, a couple of the characters earlier in the in the story, and I was like, "I I, I don't understand how," you know. Yeah, there has been this seed change, and then obviously I read a wee bit more, and the penny dropped. You know that this was actually Algo that was now being drilled down onto. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But again, I think that was quite clever the way that that was done. You know, because there was me reading away and happily thinking about the cat pretty much all of the characters at that point. Right. And then suddenly, you know, we're drilling into one person. and aye, you know, aye. It was like, oh, wait a minute, you know. And then when aye. we started talking about going to school, again, it was almost a, a bit of a change, as yes. if we were going to go back to the way the beginning of the book was. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, that, 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 that. And But by that point, I was already tuned in and switched on to the fact that this was going to be just a, a slight change. And yeah. the way that the, the river was meandering, if you like. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a really, really good uh, vehicle that was used, you know, the way that you did I, it. Thanks. Uh, thanks, James, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm yeah. really tough to you enjoyed the book. Like <laughs> well, yeah. I, as I say, I, I personally, for me, because I read so many different types of books, yeah, it's always I, refreshing when I come across Uh, authors or books that challenge me because they're actually about things that I should know. Yeah, you're always yeah either I've forgotten, you know, over the years or for whatever reason, I just didn't really realise, you know. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a kind of general inkling, you know, of what's going on in the background, but didn't really necessarily know people similar to the characters that are, you know, being written about, you know. Um, and it really makes me think, you know, and again, if, if a book doesn't make you think, it's a bit like watching a movie, I think. Yeah. If it doesn't make you think, or a TV drama, if it doesn't make you think and question, it's I, not very good.
0: That, exactly, I, I would say that. I think,
1: that, I think you're right there. That's you know, bit- if, if you, I mean, I always say that if, if you can work out in the first five or ten minutes, that it was the butler that done it. It's yeah, not a it's not a particularly ah, exactly, good story.
0: Yeah. Ah, exactly. Because then the rest it's just felt work. Like, it? It's just
1: like you need you need to have the twists and turns, you know.
0: Yeah, I definitely. You will catch people yeah. out. Being like, yeah.
1: And, and I, I think that's one of the reasons why the the project that I'm working on it's actually a sports book. Oh, um, sure. So <laughs> I'm kind of steering away from you know the the, the novel, if you like, because. Yeah. I probably would be able to do it, but I'm just a wee bit scared, you know, of the yeah. twists and turns and that would yeah. maybe be too yeah. obvious too, too quickly, because I say, I've always written, um, and I used to used to enjoy writing essays and stuff like that oh, in English in school, you know, yeah. and I've always read stuff. Um, and I've read things that other people probably, you know, wouldn't expect you.
0: Yeah, read, really. you know, yeah, like yeah.
1: When, you know, when you're growing up, you're kind of expected to read things like Enid Lighton and you know, ah, exactly, all yeah. that kind of stuff, you know, ah, yeah, yeah. which I suppose to a certain extent, you know, I did do, but when I got to high school, I started to really spread my wings, uh, ah,
0: yeah, you yeah. know, and, and I
1: read, uh, and people still get quite surprised by this, I read a uh, main camp. Oh, I I I <laughs> those books, and I also read Das Kapital. Oh yeah, get course. Yeah, and the reason that I read those books was a, a teacher, an English teacher that I had, uh, a, a Jimmy McCormick, who was such an enthusiastic teacher. You know no, that no, he, no. he encouraged you, you know, to to expand your knowledge. Um,
0: no, that's great.
1: Brother. There wasn't, there was probably maybe half a dozen of actually followed them, you know, yeah. and did what he was hoping we would do. And, you know, the vast majority probably didn't. Um, but my love of books, I would attribute to him.
0: I'd ask you, ah, that's cool. See, if you've got a supportive teacher, that, I really think that makes mm-hmm. a big difference. Yeah. I went to university, uh, I didn't have a great experience at the college I was at, but when I went to university, I'd so, well, they were so supportive of my and... Push me, kind of, like to do well in my studies and kind of, So I think having someone there that, um, like a teacher that pushes you, like you said, like your teacher, kind of pushes you. Yeah. I think that makes a major difference. Kind of, the yeah. one that's sitting back and just letting you kind.
1: And there are very distinct differences um, I've found between primary education, secondary education, and then colleges and universities. You know, um,
0: yeah.
1: primary because. Predominantly, you've got one teacher who's trying to teach about like everything. It. you know, yeah. and for me as a child, that was boring. Yeah. You know, I would, I would demand 51st of a class of 40 when I was in ah. primary school, you know, um, when I went to high school, you had a different teacher for each subject and every teacher ah, yeah. was different. And that engaged me. Yeah. And then I went on and did some further education at college a couple of times. And the first time was really just a waste of space if I'm being honest looking back at it. Ah, sure. Because it was a bit like going back to primary school. Ah, sure. Um the second time I did some college education was much, much better because the people that were teaching you encouraged you to expand, you know, ah, and explore, you know. Yeah. And likewise when I went on to, to to do a degree, it was exactly the same. It was very much a case of if you don't do the work Fair enough. You're the person that loses out. I don't lose out. But if you want to do the work, I'm here to help. I'm here to encourage you. Yeah, You know?
0: See, that makes a big difference. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think personally, I think a lot of kids fall down at primary because that's sort of the demarcation line. Because a teacher's trying to teach a lot of different things, children get bored. Sometimes by the time they get to high school they're so bored that the high school is not going to engage with them. Ah, exactly.
0: That's, you know? that's the point you yeah.
1: do. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're intelligent children. They're clever children. And yeah. they've got a great deal of potential, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just mm. having like like I said like, before, like, having like a teacher or a lecturer or whatever, who's going to push you again, like, and, um, someone you can engage with, I think that really does make a, a big difference. It's like I said, I've, the experience I had at college was completely different to the one I had at university, because mm. uh, college... I was, always had my mind on going to university, but with my experience at college, it sort of put me off. And
1: yeah.
0: it was my said, like, you should go to university. And so I did, and I was really pleased I did because yeah. the
1: like
0: a, a great uh, sociology department
1: and mm. it, was, it was really engaging. I, see, thinking back to your school days, yeah. would you have considered sort of that further education route at that point in your life? Or was that just something that maybe you thought was for other people?
0: Be honest, I to myself, what was for people of Even that, like kid, well, at primary, and then I went to high school. At high school, I was never, even though I was quite good at high good kind of grades in that. But the teachers mm-hmm. never told me, "Oh, okay, you go to university." But then yeah. I noticed yeah, it was like middle class kids; they would push mm-hmm. them to go. They would talk to them about the university. But the mostly working class kids, they were just sort of like kind of left you to it. If it wasn't for my parents, I don't think I would have went to university. Yeah. they were the ones that really pushed me then to to go. And then obviously I was really uh, glad that I did. But yeah. I, back then, I, I always thought it was like more for sort of like the posh folk, you, as it were, kind of like university and that. So, nah, but I, high school and that, nah, I never thought I would go to university. But I
1: was yeah. had of a because uh, Because that really is a good example of what they cry the attainment gap, isn't it? Yeah, You yeah, know, yeah. whereby if you come from a slightly better off section of society, people are going to encourage you more. Yeah, um, exactly. Then, yeah. you know, and again, that is wrong, you know. I 100%, um, I, I, it would I I honestly sympathize a wee bit with politicians because it's going to be a difficult thing to to sort of eradicate, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think that people have to take a certain amount of personal responsibility here as well. Not just politicians, but teachers and the children themselves and the parents of the children have to take some sort of responsibility as to why they don't encourage the children or if the kids have got homework to do, you know, they don't keep on them, you know, to get it done. I mean, I I hated doing homework, but I I always remember remember my mum hounding me, you know, about getting my homework done. Yeah. And no, I would absolutely. never, I would never ever have been sitting having my breakfast and trying to do homework that due to be ah. handed in that day. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but you know, the, the whole education thing was drummed in, you know, from a, yeah. a, an early age. Um, and likewise, with, with one of my stepson, I tried to do that with him, but he he was a very intelligent kid, but he had lost his impetus at primary yeah. school and by yeah. the time he went to the high school he had started down that road that you know was going to be very very difficult to to return so. Yeah, you know
0: yeah well, um like one of the things i was that they should do is like at high school i think they should have like working class like doctors lawyers and that going in to speak to the kids to so mm-hmm. show them that, again, like even if you've came like to, like a sort of through the background that doesn't mean you yeah. can't excel in kind of, because I think, I think once you see someone from your own background who's achieved like what, what you hope to achieve yourself, whether that's mm-hmm. like an like, or academic or whatever, I think if somebody comes in and says, like I've came through the same background as you and I've done it, can, it, it gives kids encouragement because I mean, they can see it can, it can be done. Like, yeah. that, I, think, I think I've ever heard anything like that. I don't think we have ever heard anything like that. Our back, our, mm-hmm. our, our yeah.
1: Well, I think that's why people <laughs> like yourself who are writing way that you're writing and the singers um, and poets that are doing the same thing. I think it's important that these things get highlighted um, so that kids as you see can see, you know, well I come from a I come from Bonnie you know, and I'm in a terrible school, you know, and my mum and my dad don't work and I've been pushed down. But you know what? There's that fella who's came from the same place as me up the road there. He's got a book published, or a couple of books published, or he's made some records, you know. And ah, it, exactly, yeah, exactly. It's different. That's different from the kids watching something like, um, was it that so-called talent show? Britain's Got Talent. Ah,
0: yeah, you know,
1: perfect. where where you know that's just people who are looking for five minutes of fame. Exactly. Yeah. You know? exactly. There's no and substance. It's just. You know, it's- One of the things that a lot of people don't realise not just about that particular program, programs along that particular line, what a lot of people don't realize is that when you get accepted onto it, you have to sign a contract that states that the TV company or the production company own the rights to basically make an ass of you. You know, Ah, if you make a complete idiot of yourself, that's the stuff they're going to broadcast. Exactly. And people don't realize that they have to do that. Um, yeah. But then for, for so many of them, it's in their eyes, it's a quick route to fame and fortune. But yeah. it doesn't doesn't really work that way because no. there isn't there isn't really a quick way to fame and fortune in my no, opinion. No, because
0: everybody would be doing that if it a bit.
1: Yeah. Kind of, and like you
0: said, it's just like, so again, these shows are just sort of designed, like for the most part, to ridicule people. You, know, mm. like you said, you know, like they can just make an arse. Like it's, it's just like... Uh, you, it's like, like you said, it's just like a five-minute, quick
1: five-minute thing, kind of like getting on the TV or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, in all honesty, if if someone put me on the spot and asked me to name even one person from one of those shows that was still at the forefront, of music, the music industry, I'd be very hard pushed. Aye, same man. You know, you know? so I guess
0: I, it's very
1: and that in a way is again a mark of how good or not a person is. You know, it's yeah. the sustainability. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's everybody. Know, right? Yeah. I mean, if you think of the guys like the Rolling Stones, Aye, like that, that you know, be. and the Beatles that have continued on even after I they've was, died right? and all the rest yeah. of it, you know, it still keeps going and it gets new audiences with new generations. Yeah. But the vast majority of these people that uh, get it. Through these shows, um, nah, they're not really going to have that longevity. Nah, them. no chance. No, no, like,
0: no, like Kelly said, like the Stones that, are that, because they're timeless. Ken. I mean, I don't know yeah. what generation they're, they're always going to be there. They're always going to be a part of it. Ken. Yeah, because uh, they're kind of they're good at what they do.
1: Yeah, but I, I, in my humble opinion, I certainly think if you keep up the standard of any future books to the first one, then I think it's going to be a timeless yeah, uh, contribution just, from yourself. Just, and, and hopefully, hopefully, it might get used in an educational setting as well.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I would love that.
1: Yeah, that would
0: be one of the yeah, because like I said, one of the things that like I like I, when I wrote the book was so that I can engage like the worker class to the discipline of sociology because yeah. I don't see soci- like sociology as a weapon in class for. but I think like even when I was studying sociology textbooks, can get they get a bit boring. So I think mm. once you get by like, using
1: fiction as a medium for sociology, I think hopefully it'll maybe engage more. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Well, well, we're almost sure. out of time. Um, so if there was one thing, one piece of advice that you could give to anybody who might hear this who's thinking of, you know, writing a book or they're in the process of trying to write a book, sure. what would it be? It would be um, believing
0: yourself in, like, like, if you come from like a like, working class, back, don't think that that automatically excludes you from the arts. That's just a, I think that's just a propaganda thing to keep working yeah. class people out So I think if you've got to write a book, just go for it and, and use your own experiences and don't be afraid to write in your own language because um if it's like Scots or whatever it's mm. um just has got as much right as anyone to be heard and written. So yeah. I think yeah, I think uh, just don't buy into the idea that you, uh, because you're a working class, that you can be a
1: writer, because you can, and you can do it. Brilliant. Well, on that extremely positive note, Colin, thank you very much for taking the time.
0: Uh, oh, that's a pleasure, James. Chat you. to me.
1: Uh, okay, so you enjoy the rest of your day, whatever it is. I you say, James. Cheers. I say, thanks. <laughs>